My name is Blair. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and most, most specifically, I'm the discipleship pastor at our Hurricane Campus. Uh, this morning, we are closing out this series um, that we have titled, What's Up? Um, and over the last four weeks, we have been trying to be intentional about taking inventory in our lives in, a, in certain areas and certain relationships. We kicked off the very first week by talking about me and God. Then we had the next week where we followed it up with me and my spouse, followed by me and my money, and then last week was me and my kids. And we have one more this week, one more area, one more relationship that is a significant one that we need to talk about before we close out this series, and it's me and my friends. There are so many different categories of friends um, in our lives, and we might not have ever thought about our relationships in this way, specifically. We might not have ever thought about them, but we do. People that would fall into just different groupings or different categories of friends in our life, and there's nothing negative about any of the groupings necessarily, and I don't mean anything negative by, by them. They just, they just do. They fall into different categories. Uh, let me give you a few examples. First, we have this group of friends that, that we call kind of like, that are mostly our surface friends. Um, friends that when you see them, you wave at them from a, from a distance and you say, you kind of say hi. And you probably know a few details about each other, at least a couple enough to go to questions that you might be able to ask them just so that you can kind of keep a conversation going. Like somebody might ask me, you know, a, a surface friend might ask me, how, how is, uh, how's Isaac doing in basketball this year? They, they know my son's name, they know one of his interests, and they can ask about it. And it's an easy kind of conversation to have. And with these people, we often and can easily just keep a conversation going with them about, about some things. These are the same people that probably, if your kids are on the same team, you end up sitting beside of each other in, in, in the bleachers, and you know, because it just feels comfortable having somebody to sit with, and, and it's just nice to have somebody there that you can kind of talk with. But really, the relationship is really just built on kind of surfacey things, and you never really go deep with these people. You just kind of can keep the conversation going. And it's good to have these people in your life. They're, they're, they're helpful to have in our lives for sure. The second kind of group I think of sometimes is this group that we would call maybe our structured friends. Uh, these are relationships that you have with someone that was brought together. You guys got brought together by some kind of structure. Uh, I usually think of like my work friends here. Um, these are people that I end up, you know, um, and we end up spending a whole lot of our life together because we're together eight to 10 hours every single day. They probably have some extra details about your life because you end up sharing over time and you know, over many years uh, of spending time with them. You, you probably go out to lunch regularly with them and you've kind of found your comfort zone in your conversation with them they probably have a pretty good idea about your family because they've seen them grow up on the pictures on your desk. And they're used to hearing conversations and they've heard story after story about, their, about your family and so they really feel like they know your family. And, and, and honestly, these are really important relationships to have in our life because they fill up so much of the space uh, of our life and, and time and so they're really important people to have in our life as well. And there are probably several more categories that we could go through to kind of discuss different relationships and different friends. But when it comes to uh, the Bible, it makes it really, really clear that there's a very important relationship in our life, a very important category that we need to have in our life. 
It's this category that helps us grow in our, in our faith journey, the category that centers itself on Christ. And it has a, as a Christ follower, these are really, really essential to have these kinds of friends in our life. And we're gonna call this, this friend the spiritual friend. There are some things that happen to you and from you when you have these kind of people and if you have a spiritual friend in your life. Uh, this morning, we, we wanna take a look at some of the characteristics of those and we also wanna kind of create some questions that we can ask ourselves as we have been doing over the last few weeks, an inventory of sorts to say, do I actually have those type of people in my life or not? And before we get into it, let me pray for us this morning. God, I thank you so much for the gift of Sunday morning. I thank you for this ability to kind of come here uh, to connect both with you, God, and with your word, and also with other believers. And I thank you so much for the gift of worship, and I thank you for the, the gift of the Bible that teaches us. God, I pray that this would be a day that we would understand a new thing, but that we would also be able to take an inventory of our lives and to say, where are we, God, and where do you want us to be? Help us to take a step closer to you today in our journey, and help us to do that together. Thank you for loving us, amen. So this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and grab those out if you can start turning. Um, we're gonna be looking at Romans 12 this morning, and then we're gonna only look at a couple of verses there, but it, it'll be really helpful for us if, if you can check that out. And so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and be turning there. And while you're doing that, I just wanna tell you a couple of other things real quick as you're, as you're turning there. The, the Bible emphasizes uh, the importance of these close, Christ-centered relationships. It provides numerous examples, maybe a couple of the most famous ones are uh, Jonathan and David uh, of the Old Testament, and then you can look in the New Testament, you can see Paul and Timothy and the way in which they interact with each other. Solomon, uh, in the book of Proverbs, gives us lots and lots of special information about these relationships, and he gives us insights into what it is. And so, quickly, real quick here, Proverbs 18.24 says this about a friend, it says, a friend sticks closer than even a brother. 27.6 says, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. 27.9 says, heartfelt counsel of a friend is sweet as perfume. 27.17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so will another friend sharpen another friend. 17.17 says, friends are loving at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. And then we get this classic summary from Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, and he kind of talks through this classic summary of the importance of friendships in Ecclesiastes 4, and it says these in verses 9 through 12. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, for if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. That third strand that it talks about there um, probably is a reference to God himself. And if you look at this, you can see wonderful benefits from having these relationships with other people, productivity, restoration, comfort, and, and protection. 
But look at the sobering liabilities that we see there with a life that was, is without close friends. This is a tragic description of most people that don't have friends and including most Christians in our culture. We as a church have designated one of our core values for this specific thing, and it's you can't do life alone. It isn't this great saying that we, um, that we like to put on our walls for encouragement. It isn't our motivational uh, art piece that we have out there. It's something that we have found in scripture and through our own experiences, and it's impossible to live the Christian life alone. In fact, the Bible actually even gives us 59 one another commands. Things like love one another, care for one another, help one another, serve one another, greet one another, encourage one another. 59 commands directly from God that you are unable to obey if you don't have friends in your life. See, coming here on Sunday morning is awesome. It really is. Joining from online is pretty amazing how we can do that now. Annie and Chad bring incredible teaching and incredible truths from scripture and from their own experience in their Christian journey that are both encouraging and challenging for us. The worship time is amazing and then the band leads us in, in this just opportunity that allows us to express our celebration in who Christ is. Seeing other people sitting in the, in the chairs near you and doing these things along with us is great but you can come to this place for a really long time and never feel connected because you're surrounded by what we would call spiritual acquaintances, not spiritual friends. See, you have something in common. River Ridge Church is your church, but you don't know anyone and no one knows you. And it's why we encourage every Sunday almost, pretty much every Sunday, we say something about you need to get plugged into either a Ridge group or you need to join a serving team because it changes the experience from sitting here in these rows and listening to one of us talk for about 30 minutes and teach for 30 minutes to where we all of a sudden are coming shoulder to shoulder with each other serving together or we circle up in a group where we have back-to-back -back conversation that goes back and forth that we can talk to each other. And out of these times, it's so much more likely to have friendships. You'll find other people who know your journey and know about your unique story because it's gonna be one of the first things you actually talk about when you get together as a group. People that will be able to do the spiritual friends, do what spiritual friends do. Spiritual friends, I, I don't know. I, I find it almost like a, such a weird title and you probably say, I don't, I don't wanna call someone that. I don't wanna call them my spiritual friend. They're just my friends, that's it. They're just my friends and that's great. But this morning, we wanna take an inventory specifically to make sure that we have the right kind of people in our lives as well. So what do we need to do? The first thing we need to do is just find the right people. One passage that gives us a great description of what these right people are, or what a spiritual friend looks like, is this Romans 12 that we're gonna be looking at this morning. And we're just gonna read a couple of verses out of here. But 15, Romans 12, 15 says this. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. And if you're taking notes this morning, our first note is gonna be just this. Spiritual friends have a deeper emotional connection with me. 
in all honesty, uh, this has taken a lot of work for me. Um, I remember early in our marriage, uh, there was this, this time Carol called me uh, to let me know some exciting news that she wanted to tell me about, and the fact was is that we were getting kind of a decent tax return for us at that point. We were expecting to have to pay into our, for our taxes, um, and so she couldn't wait to tell me all about it. And so she calls me that day so excited to invite me in to rejoice with her about this great news, and I said something like, oh, okay. And she was like, what? She was so excited to call me, and she was like, that's all I get? Okay, great, you know, kind of thing. And I, and I think she has since found that she needed to find other friends outside of our house that will rejoice with her the right way because of the way I was, because I wasn't bringing it when it came to rejoicing. Sometimes now, I feel like I have worked on this a lot, and it's really something that I, you know, like I'm, I'm getting better at, like I get excited about the things, and I get upset when things are, are bad or whatever. Um, and, and so I get frustrated with her that the first time she gets news, she's on her friend group text, texting them to let them know about it. And I'm like, hey, come on, at least tell me first. And she'll respond something like, well, I'll tell you, but I also need them because you don't really give me much emotion. <laughs> but I feel like I have been working on this one a ton, um, but that's the case. But she found early on that she needed people in her life that would rejoice with her. And what I find from these verses tells me that spiritual friends are people who will rejoice when the good things happen for me. And they'll also cry when the bad things are happening. It's a person that cares about me and, and what I'm going through. And they feel for me, they really feel for me. The things that matter to me matter to them. And I would say most of us are probably saying, well, I got those people in my life. Yeah, I absolutely have those people in my life. And maybe we're even questioning, doesn't everyone have at least a, one of those someones in their life already? And really, honestly, isn't it just like being a decent human being? It doesn't even take much that when someone's hurting, you show a little empathy for them. What makes this any different than any just normal human being? What makes this person what you're calling a spiritual friend, Blair? And that's a great question, and what I think is really helpful for us is the context in which we find the verses that we're looking at here in Romans, and they help us if we understand the context of this. See, the book of Romans is a letter from Paul that he is writing to believers, specifically to the churches in Rome about how they are to interact with one another, how they are to interact with other believers. So, 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 if you think about this as a believer in light of the incredible grace that has been given to a person who knows Christ, they are forever changed. Everything is now marked in their life by this new identity in Christ. See, they are in Christ and Christ is in them. They are a child of God. They look at things now through this lens of the gospel and through the truth that they know about God himself. So when a believer rejoices, he rejoices knowing that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. When a believer weeps, he doesn't weep the same as a non-believer because he will not grieve 
as someone who doesn't have hope. When we're going through it, when we're actually really, really, even when we're going through it, the hardest way that we can, as a believer, we have a hope, and that hope doesn't disappoint. So the question is right, the question is right. Are they any different than just decent people? But the answer is yes. Because I need friends that when I rejoice or weep as a believer, I do it differently. And I need people that are in my life that rejoice and weep that way too. Because naturally, I can fall back into my old way of thinking about things. And I'm gonna wanna take credit for the good things that happen in my life. When I get that bonus and I get that raise and I get all this, I'm gonna be like, look at me, I got a promotion, I am awesome. And a gentle reminder from a friend that all good things are just grace from God helped me to not get trapped in the sin of self-righteousness or get stuck in the deceit of arrogance or superiority. Naturally, by my human nature, when the bad things happen, I'm gonna be struggling to recognize that hope. So I need a friend that will come alongside me. When I don't feel that hope, and they remind me of the truth that God's hope does not disappoint. They're there to remind me that just because this thing happened, God still loves me. They're there to remind me that God still has a plan for my life. Don't lose connection with God during this time. And if you don't have the ability to pray right now, if their pain is too much for you to go to God right now, well, I will pray for and I will pray with you. I will go to the giver of good gifts. I will go to the one who offers peace. I will go to the one who does immeasurably more. And people who have not experienced the transforming grace of the gospel can't do those things for you because they can't. They can be caring, but I need spiritual friends in my life that are always pointing me back to Jesus. Spiritual friends rejoice with a God-given joy, and they weep while knowing the hope that comes from Christ. Last week, Chad was talking um, about me and my kids, and he brought up this idea about fighting for the heart of our kids, right? And he said one of the things that is helpful for him while he's doing that is that he, when he recognizes that when he's wrestling in the floor with every laugh that one of his kids gives, he realizes in that moment he's fighting for their heart. And this passage tells us how to fight for spiritual friends' hearts as well. It says when you're celebrating the highs and showing up in the lows, you earn the right to speak into their lives. They have proven that they care. They can speak truth that challenges in ways that we need in order to grow. They can ask the tough questions that acquaintances really can't ask because I'm only gonna go there with a true friend. Second thing that we see from this passage, in order to find the right people, they look like this. Spiritual friends live in harmony with me. If we go on to verse 16 there, we say, it says this, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight. I didn't highlight haughty because I don't know what that word means, but 
live in harmony. That's what we wanna focus on. And what I really love about this passage is we see one of those 59 commands, right? Live in harmony with one another. There's one of those one another's. And this is for both of us, this is both a command to do, but it's also a description of what a spiritful person will do. Harmony is such an awesome word. I love this word. Um, it sounds so comforting, right? And I think most of us probably usually when we see that word, one of the first things we might think of is, is music. Uh, and, and it is a, a musical term. Harmony is a musical term. And there's another musical term very similar to it called unison, or that's unison. And they probably get used synonymously with each other from non-musical people like me, but they're not the same at all. See, unison is where everyone sings the exact same note at the same time. Harmony, on the other hand, is where people are singing different pitches, but combining to make a beautiful sound together. And I love that description because this is what we're supposed to see here from this passage as well. God doesn't want us to just become all the exact same person and sing unison. He wants us to be our unique selves that he made us to be. Spiritual friends don't try to be something they are not. They go after what God made them to be. They bring their unique gifts and talents they bring their unique stories and ideas and their special way of looking at something but seeing it in a different way than everybody else does. But at the same time, when they live in their uniqueness, it doesn't come out as an ugly noise at all. It complements each other because we are all in the same mind going towards Jesus together pushing and pulling each other to follow after uh, what he's called us to be. Jesus laid out of, of what loving God would look like. And it teaches us as we're pushing and pulling each other along that we can love God and we can go after it with our whole self, fulfilling the great command that he called us to, to love God with our heart, soul, and mind. And then the second command, just like that, that we'd be loving people just like God loves us. And so that together, as we're pushing and pulling each other along on the mission that we're called to, which is that the whole world would know that God loves them and has a wonderful plan for their life. What makes this harmony thing matter is that I don't personally have everything. <laughs> that doesn't come as a surprise to anybody, right? I am missing a lot. God made me unique but he gifted me in some ways. But without other people, I can't grow because I don't know what I don't know. And if I surround myself only with people that are just like me, we'll have a group of people that are doing life in unison, but not harmony. And we're not gonna be able to do anything different, just a lot of the same. It's one of the great, great things that we have here uh, as a result of the plurality of leadership that we have within our pastors. Um, Chad, Andy, and I are also different from each other. We really are. We're not, we're not, we're not the same at all. We are uniquely wired um, by God. And I have blind spots that these guys can see and vice versa. Andy and I are somewhat weak in organizational skills, and Chad has them in abundance. <laughs> 
Andy is incredibly gifted at teaching to bring the word in such this incredible way. And he also has this insight into knowing the importance of resting in Jesus. I have this ability to look at things in different angles and ask some probing questions so that others can see a different point of view. Well, I think it's a gift, but they might not like it. Um, Andy and I sometimes joke, though, this is kind of funny. Andy and I joke sometimes that uh, Chad can do all the things we can do, too, you know, just as good. Um, So we get really excited sometimes to point out when he has a weakness. And it allows us to practice number one of rejoicing together. We're like, ha, ha, you tell him, Andy. (laughs) But according to this scripture, We know it takes many parts to make up the church, and this passage says to just make sure all those parts are going in the same direction, and when they do, it will be beautiful, and even more beautiful than if they were just in unison. There's another side to this coin, though, and if you really wanna have these great, deep, lifelong spiritual friendships, it's real simple. But it's not necessarily easy, but it is real simple. You have to be the friend that you would like to have. Second side of that says that you need to be the right person. There's this law out there called the law of magnetism, and it says this, who you are is who you attract. You will attract what you are, not what you want. You don't attract in life what you want, you attract in life what you are. And you see this list of qualities that we've started to talk about of what a spiritual friend is and has, and you can say to yourself, hey, yeah, I get this, I need spiritual friends in my life. I need people that weep the way I weep, I need people that rejoice the way I rejoice, I need people who are doing different things to me that will allow us to live in harmony, that we can push each other on in our journey, and I need people like that. People that will come alongside me in these moments to help me push me into a deeper relationship with Christ. Someone is specifically thinking about me and praying for me. Someone who knows me to the level that when I weep, they weep, and when I rejoice, they rejoice. But if I wanna attract those kind of people, I need to be one of those type of people first. This isn't really news to anyone though, right? Um, An example of that would be a cynical person has a very hard time of keeping positive people in their life, they really do. It's just so draining for a positive person to be around someone who sees everything in a negative light. Same way for a cynical person, though, who has a hard time for a positive person to stay in their life very long because they just think that they're just living in this make-believe happy life that's not real. In fact, they don't even do so well as surface friends because of the fact is one of them walks into the room, the other one is already trying to find the door to get out of the place because it just doesn't work together. This is also true of our spiritual relationships as well. And it's hard to stay closely connected with someone who doesn't seem to be going in the same direction as you. And they don't seem to be having the same mission as you. And if they are pursuing God with their life and I am not, then when we're running the same, then then, then we aren't running in the same direction as each other. 
There's this balance that has to be going on while, while they're looking for spiritual friends and I'm looking for spiritual friends, but in order for us to attract one another with each other, we both have to be going the same things. Not trying to be exactly like that other person, but living in harmony with them. And when I weep, they point out to me that Jesus is still there. And then when I rejoice, I'm pointing out to them, they're pointing back to me saying that, hey, this is a gift from God, praise God for this point. God wants us to have these deep spiritual friends, but unless I am a spiritual friend myself, it's gonna be really difficult to deepen that relationship. Okay, so we've been talking about these things, trying to figure out one of the things that, uh, about what a spiritual friend is. We got an idea of what that looks like. We know what it means to, the, to find the right people. We also know that we need to be the right person. But one of the things that we've been doing through this series specifically is, is, is creating an inventory to say, do I have them in my life? I see a couple of qualities that they have, but what are some questions I can maybe do as I look at the people in my life and I ask this question and, and, and so I can figure out, do I have spiritual friends in my life or not? So here are some questions that we can be asking ourselves. Do I have the right people? One, when something happens, do I have a friend that, can easily, that I can easily talk to about it? Pretty easy one there. We most, most of us would probably already answer that question. Uh, second one is, do I have a friend, though, that has prayed with me or for me in the past month? If I'm doing spiritual inventory in my life, I can see whether my friends are spiritual a little bit if that when I tell them something's going on, they actually stop to pray with me. They don't just say they're gonna pray about it, but they actually stop and pray with me. That's a different kind of thing. Third question there might be, who in my life has the freedom to ask me tough questions and when they ask those tough questions, will I answer them honestly? There's a big difference here between a spiritual acquaintance and a spiritual friend when they have the ability to ask a tough question and I don't be like, eh, everything's fine kind of thing. And this last question here, do I have unison friends or harmony friends? Now if you look at this list and you say, I'm not sure I do. I don't think that I have real spiritual friends. I wanna tell you something. Carol and I have found most of our spiritual friends by either plugging into a small group or by being a part of a serving team. And I feel pretty confident that if you were to ask Andy or Chad these same things, where they find their spiritual friends, they'd say the same thing. Shoot, I am the community pastor, and so I think it's greatly important to plug into those groups for sure. Uh, I, it, it is something that I actually wake up and fall asleep thinking about how do I help people connect in small groups? What is the best group for them? How do I get them in the right group for them? Because like I said earlier, in our experience, a huge percentage of people find their spiritual friends around here by getting connected in one of our Ridge groups. When they started the group, they were just structured friends though. But over time and experience together, they became true spiritual friends. But I don't wanna skip over this point. Here's one thing that we need to know. I also wanna say that signing up for a group doesn't count as having spiritual friends. It helps because people who are in those groups, people that are in these rhythms or being a part of group, people that are there are more likely to, you, to help you to find the right people and they're more likely to be the right people as well but you get out of group what you put into it. 
our Ridge Group leaders here kick off every group by reminding their groups in order to get the most out of group, you don't have to be know everything about the Bible. You don't even have to know that much about the Bible. You don't have to be an expert prayer to be a part of group, but you do need to do three things. And those three things that you need to do are you need to show up, you need to join in, and you need to be real. And honestly, if you do these three, three things consistently, you will find that you are attracting other people that are doing those things along with you. And I am confident that you will go faster and further in your faith journey than you ever did before when you have these spiritual friends in your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the gift of spiritual friends. I thank you for the truth that you make this a serious and important thing for us because we can't do life alone. And over and over and over through scripture, you tell us we have to have other people in our life pushing us and pulling us to help us take next steps in our journey with you, God. I thank you for the gift of this place that we get to come to on Sunday morning where we can open up your word to look at it and hear the teaching that you provide us. And I thank you for the time to celebrate in worship of who you are, God. And it makes it so much sweeter when we are doing it along with other people. And God, we still need not to sit here and become spiritual acquaintances, but to know each other deeply so that we can help push each other and that we can be there when someone is weeping and when someone is rejoicing, that we do it in the way that you've called us to do it and that we can pull each other along. God, thank you for the gift of spiritual friends. God, I pray as we do inventory that we wouldn't just see this as something like, eh, it's, a, it's an okay thing, but that we really, really can't do life alone. And God, you wanna provide those spiritual friends for us. And so God, we ask that you would do that and that we would make them deep relationships so that we might be able to go even farther with you in our spiritual journey. Thank you for loving us. Amen.